0: Okay, you're with Bruce Hopkins. We're going to take a break, and we're going to come back and talk to Barry Chalmers, the uh, creator of the website OneOuter.com. Here's here's what it says in terms of about. I'll just go to give you a bit of an idea of this slow, bloody computer again. There we go. One day I was reading a book called Market Wizards. It's basically a collection of interviews with various players on Wall Street, Naturally, I thought of poker and how cool it would be to speak to the best poker players on the planet. This site is my personal quest to do just that. My plan is to interview as many of the planet's top poker players. I will do this by using my wit, charm, and charisma in that order. I will also be relying on so many friends of friends of friends that I may not have any friends left in the end. I will chat, barter, and blag my way to grabbing a piece of their valuable time. The reason? To learn as much as I can from them. What's in it for you? You get access to all the interviews and info just for being here and looking at my site. Cheers, Barry Ginger Toys Chalmers. We're going to be talking to Barry Ginger Toys Chalmers after this. Auckland, 100.6 FM. Radio Live, The Overnighter with Bruce Hopkins. Call now, 0800-723-465. 0800 Radio Live. Radio Live is first at five. Here we go. Welcome back. It's uh, 26 minutes after 3 on Radio Live. you with Bruce Hopkins going through to 6 o'clock on this Saturday morning. By the way, at the beginning of the show, I didn't do what I normally try to do, which is let you know that, ladies and gentlemen, you've only got 304 days till Christmas. We're on day 56. It's Saturday Saturday, the 25th of February, 2012. Day 56 of the year, 310 days left, 304 days till Christmas. Get saving. One way to maybe make some money for Christmas is to to maybe start, we're talking about gambling tonight, but but conscious gambling, where your part, you're trying to narrow the odds, bring the odds down as far as you can before you put your money on the line. And I met a young guy, boy, I don't know what it would be, 2003, I went to, to the first time i ever went to a lord of the rings fan convention uh, i got invited there over into europe and and this guy barry was my minder my my uh sidekick essentially He was he was going to be looking after me and it was fascinating he, he turned out he, he bought toys online he would he would buy uh, collectible toys and then resell them making a profit All these years down the track, Barry contacted me just recently, and uh, we've been in touch a couple of times over the years, but but he contacted me recently, and so I had a look at his website, oneouter.com, and we're going to have a chat, because it's a website in which he's interviewing, he wants to interview the world's top poker players, and put those interviews up online for anyone who's interested in poker, which is a massive audience worldwide to uh, to then check out these interviews as podcasts or, or I don't know if there are, I think there are videos and everything there as well I'm looking at the website right now but I've just gone through and I've been looking at Barry's journey including over the last few years and it is a fascinating journey and he finishes and he's got a breakdown of his uh, career in 2008. Till the present day, I found poker in 2008 and love it. I have a true passion, and it seems to have a bit of everything I love. It's a strategy game, there's a lot of skill in it, but also that element of luck chance that you have to accept and negotiate. I feel poker satisfies the degenerate gambling beast part of me, and to an extent almost tames the beast. I aim to become as good a poker player as I can be, and hopefully by interviewing many of the game's greats, it will help me, help both me and you in the quest to become a great player. By the way, I'm still dreaming of being a cross between James Bond and Gordon Gekko. Slowly and surely, throughout the years, I'm getting there. Cheers. Barry, Ginger Toys, Chalmers. Well, here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Barry from Scotland. How are you, mate? I'm great, Bruce. Thanks for having me fantastic honestly reading your it's it's brilliant because you're very upfront in your bio on your uh, on your website you talk about yeah. how when you, when you got uh, you started doing wheeling and dealing around the world and then you started traveling to Hong Kong and mainland China and sourcing goods yourself and selling them in Scotland and the UK and you say here i was young Free and single and making tons of cash, so I did what young, free and single guys do. Five-star hotels, tons of women, tons of alcohol, tons of ego. Yeah, that's all, that's all true. <laughs> and then what followed after that?
1: Well, um, as you say, you know, Barry, the ginger toy's name um, came from that's the name I sort of gave myself uh, when I was trading on eBay. Uh, way back in the early days, um, and this is way back when eBay wasn't even a site that many people knew about, you know, 11 years ago or something. I was about 16, 17, and like you say, I would try and get my hands on these antique toys and collectibles for as cheap as possible and resell them for a profit, and I got my first big score from one of the local ads papers, and there was a collection for sale, an old guy, and he wanted 350 pounds. And to cut a long story short, I bought that for 350 pounds, which is about 500 American dollars, and I sold it for about 15,000 pounds, you know, at the age of 16. So that sort of got my taste buds going for, you know, wheeling and dealing and making money, and it was just a natural progression, and from that, um, I did go to university and get a degree in between all this, um, you know, just to keep my mum and gran happy and stuff. And it was a, Um, a degree in economics? In economics, yeah, yeah, because um, originally I always thought, you know, I'm going to go go that sort of route into the city, you know, trading or stocks and shares, etc., and um, it just sort of, one thing led to the next. Before I knew it, I was in China, and mainland China and Hong Kong, you know, I've been there about, I think, seven or eight times, and I would source out products, it was memory cards and things like that, just any commodity that I could buy that was cheaper there and I could resell it, you know. Um, through various channels here, eBay, etc. And then, like I said, honestly, you know, lots of ego. I I blew through, you know, a lot of money um, on all the good things in life. Uh, And I sort of had to slow down and say, if I don't be careful, you know, I'm going to have to start from scratch again. And I didn't want to do that. So I I reined it out a bit, took a check on my life and stuff, and um, just started to get a little bit more sensible. Um, And then I found poker. And like I said, it's, you know, it's a skill game, there is that element of luck, but someone once said it's a, it's a skill game played by gamblers. And that's true. Um, when these top professionals that I interview for the site, um, they are at such a skill level that it's almost like they're the casino. Because what people forget, when people are playing poker, they're playing amongst each other. If me and you sit down at a poker game in a casino, it's my money going to you, or vice versa. The casino only take a small percentage cut. For use of the table, etc. So you're not gambling against the house. So it's it's quite easy once you have a skill level to um, sort of swing the odds in your
0: favour. And the, if you're good enough, you essentially become the house. Wow. So yes. Yeah, so, so the what's then just uh, aside. What's in it for the casino? Is it is it more about getting people and the publicity that draws people to the casino for a big poker? Uh, competition, or so yeah. if they're not making a lot of money out of a, a, a tournament. Well, well they, they take they take a commission, it's called the rake um, if if a local
1: casino puts on say a $100 buy-in tournament and um, it costs you $100 to enter the tournament, it will be $100 plus 10 and that plus $10 goes to the casino so they'll, they'll usually rake about 10% for a tournament, um, and they will make that, so if they get 100 players they're making $1,000 um, but also what they will do is it gets the casino. They'll usually schedule poker tournaments for sort of downtimes in casinos where it's not that busy. Um, And it'll get people in the door, and obviously they're hoping that during break times at the tournament, um, some of the players will go and play some of the games that I don't ever (laughs) advocate anyone to play, such as roulette and blackjack,
0: etc., which are all um, heavily in in the favour of the house. Right, so that's fascinating. So that's how conscious you are of what you're doing when now that you've entered into this realm of of poker that you you as you say you don't let yourself get seduced into these side these side attractions oh yeah i mean i mentioned in my bio that you know
1: almost tongue-in-cheek but if i'm being honest it is true when i was younger um i was a bit of you know for one of a better term a degenerative you know gambler um i would make money uh, doing all the sensible things you know when i was 14 15 I would be buying and selling collectibles with guys in Japan and stuff and making decent money, and then I would go out at the weekend and blow it on, you know, horses or fruit machines or, or nonsense like that, just this sort of this need for action and craving action and stuff like that. And poker, before I got into poker, I assumed like anyone would, oh, it's more gambling, should I really be going down this line? Because everybody knows that gambling you know, can cause problems for families and individuals if it's not kept in check. Um, But, yeah, once you get into poker and you sort of read up about it and learn about it, um, I mentioned on my site several times and with a lot of guys that I've interviewed, it's more akin to trading um, in Wall Street. I would actually say that people that invest in Wall Street, certainly over the last, you know, five years, have been taking bigger gambles than any poker player because, There's so much, you know, insider trading going on and sheer, you know, theft, etc. So, yeah, it's just a case of looking at um, situations and making sure that, you know, poker players preach about expected value and something having a positive expected value. And in sort of layman's terms, that just means betting when you have the best of it and avoiding games such as roulette and blackjack, where it's, you know, it's difficult to get an edge you're blackjack you know and your card counting, etc like mm-hmm. that but po- poker is one of these games that you can define your edge and over a long sure there's luck in the short run you know like anything but a lot of people compare it to golf you know golf's a skill game but there's so much luck involved when the ball hits the green it can hit a certain piece of turf and that could
0: throw someone's tournament away and also the psychological aspect yeah now you, you um i'm you, you're interviewing these people online. In fact, but a little distraction here. I, a guy, one of my favorite filmmakers, uh, a guy I do a bit of work with every now and then, uh, Indian guy who now lives here in, in New Zealand, he started playing poker probably uh, three years ago or so. And he he's a very philosophical dude. He's, he comes out with these incredible wisdoms sometimes. And he raves about poker in terms of, in a way, what you're talking about there, he, how, how it relates to life. And he, oh, he he feels like he can almost bring any situation in life back to a poker analogy. It's, yeah, it's 100%. Um, you know, against I don't know who said it, but someone says poker
1: is a microcosm of life in the sense that you're basically trying to make good decisions. And if you make continually good decisions, then in the long run, over time, you're going to be ahead, whether that's in life, you know, in decisions with relationships or people you meet or the job you take or... Whether you go on this trip or not, you know these are all decisions. And if you continually make good decisions in your life and poker, then you're going to come out ahead. And I guess, um, and if you make bad decisions, then you know it's likely you're going to
0: not come out ahead. And I suppose you are. You're in those, you know, as you say, the microcosm because you, you have to face fear. Yeah. You you have to uh, face your your little uh, demons, your greed. Etc. Which which could all make you, uh, you know, tend to, to, to steer you into making really nasty little decisions that that impact you majorly, aren't they, I suppose? Yeah, I mean, when money's involved in anything, mm. you know, there's going to be, you know, there's going to be a few unsavoury
1: characters, there's going to be a few situations where people get greedy, like you say, there might be cheating, etc. but, you know, on the whole, life's like that, you know, not everyone's a straight shooter, and, yeah. It is. It's definitely a microcosm for life. And, and you know, if, if you can negotiate your way around the poker table, then,
0: you know, it, it certainly can. It can, you know, it will help you, you yeah. know, in other decisions. Now, you've you've got a, a podcast here on your site with Eric Sheets Haber. Now, he has over 2 million in online winnings and over 1 million in live winnings. What's, what's the difference between the, the online games and the live games. Obviously, you know, there's there's that face to face stuff, but what are they are they really different are there people who can who do really well online who are useless at playing live games? Yeah, um, the, the
1: online obviously refers to people play it on big sites like poker stars and stuff. And I know that they have a sort of presence actually in New Zealand. Um, last year they had a big snowfest tournament it was called and they had it in I think it was Queenstown. Um, and they had snowboarding and poker tournament on, you know, mm. and they get all these guys over from all over the world playing poker and snowboarding at this tournament. Mm. And the online players, is, as, as it says, you know, on the tin, people that play on the internet, and, you know, so that's them sitting at home on their computer and they're playing against people from all over the world, whether it's tournaments where you may be in for, say, $10, and that's all you can lose, the $10 Um you play it out like a competition in the top such-and-such numbers, you know, get prizes, and it's played out to an eventual winner. And then there's the cash games where you're putting $100 on the table or $50, and you can lose that amount. Um, It's always funny when, you know, Hollywood sort of created this image of poker that people can lose houses and things like that, but you can only lose the money that's on the table in any poker game. You can't go into your pocket, as it's called, you know, to throw more on when you've got the best hand, etc. I mean, a a lot of that's dramatised. But yeah, the online game is on the internet, and the live game refers to all these tournaments in places like New Zealand, Germany, and of course Las Vegas, um, especially in the summer at the World Series of Poker. And there are people who are really good at online games um, and can't play live. You know, they just don't like the, the intimidation maybe that they feel, some of them, when they're playing against actual human beings you know as such mm. and um, there are other people that prefer the live environment and the table chat and you know the banter rather than sitting at
0: home on their computer and then there are people that can do both you know and do well at both Yeah. now you've got I, I see one here too with um, you've got Chris Moorman1 who is quite yeah. simply a legend in the world of online poker he's, he's now he was the first person to pass 7.5 million in winnings yeah. So, now how old is he? He's a young British guy. I think he's about twenty possibly. Because possibly. 'Cause I'm looking he's, at the photos twenties. A lot of these guys look really young. Yeah, and um, a lot of them a lot of them are. Um they sort of as again
1: going back to sort of Hollywood, especially, you know, yourself being an actor, um and the portrayal it's of poker in smoky bathrooms with steps and hats. Uh, things like that but now poker really is your sort of 18 year old 19 year old maths genius um, from some eastern european country that takes good care of his body uh, and he's um, training you know hard and his mind is so sharp um, and they're going out and winning millions of dollars Um, and then you have guys like you mentioned that i've interviewed uh, eric sheets um, a family man kids He's actually a hedge fund manager, and he got into the poker world, and you know he's had tremendous
0: success. So you, he was a hedge fund manager. You studied economics at university. How many? What what percentage of of people who get right into this and, and do well at it do you, is a mathematics or an economics brain essential? Um, I I wouldn't say it's essential, um, but it certainly helps just in terms of thinking.
1: When you first get into it, it's the thinking of things in probability terms um, would certainly help with poker decisions. But there are some players who go out and a lot of poker math isn't as advanced as some people would make you think. I mean, basic concepts like how many, you know, what what are the odds that I make this flush, you know, with one or two cards to come, you know, or make X hand is... The relatively simple math. anyone with basic math skills can, with a bit of reading, sort of get their, their head around it, but certainly these guys that come from a finance background, I think it's more to do with, they're used to the risk taking, they're used to this idea of taking risks, and um, people you know, a lot of the general public see risks as a negative thing but as anybody knows, uh, you need to take risks, you know, to get on in life and certainly do anything, you know, worthwhile,
0: you, you have to be willing to take a risk, whether it's at a poker table or, you know, in your life. Yeah. Fantastic. So, what, um, is, is this a, just another step into a bigger picture or, is, you, do you think you've found a realm that you're going to be uh, sticking in for a number of years to come? Um, I'll, I'll definitely play poker um,
1: for the rest of my life now. I mean, I, I don't think anyone ever gives up poker once they start playing it. Um, it's just, such a good game. Um, it was recently accepted by the International Mind Sports uh, Committee, and which is sort of like the Olympics of sort of mind sports. And you know, so it's on a par with chess now, in terms of the mental aspect, etc. And I enjoy the game too much to say that I would never stop playing it. As regards the site, um, like I said, I originally started it by just trying to get in touch with these guys and see if I could blag my way to some sort of like information from them and that would help my game. And one thing led to another, like, usually happens with myself. And um, Mm. I started interviewing and approaching even bigger names. And then some, you know, guys like Phil Hellmuth, probably one of the best-known poker players, he's won over $10 million and stuff like that. And I contacted him and he agreed to give me an interview. And we did it over Skype and I recorded it. And, you know, it got over 15,000 hits, you know, the video. And so it got me, like, a little bit of... People and the podcast available on iTunes as well, so that helps with traffic. And it's good, you know, when someone contacts you from, you know, I've had people from you know, all over the world say, you know, like, you know,
0: I enjoyed the podcast, and could you get this person on, etc. So it's uh, sort of started to get a life of its own. And are these people they're willing to uh, to do the interviews without remuneration or knowing oh, that yeah, you, you're doing you know. <laughs> it? You're you're going to be earning money off possibly. Uh, you're, are you earning an income off your website? Um, well,
1: at the start, you know, I, I pretty much earned nothing, I mean, but you've got to look at it in the sense that I was getting the information from these players, the site was costing me something like £5 a month you know, in hosting charges, which is pennies, you know, just to keep the site going, and now I've got um, a sponsor on the podcast, so yeah, I make, I make money from it now, and I've had a few other various sponsorships and um, you know, selling some advertisers on the actual podcast itself, just like, you know, a radio
0: show with, etc. cetera. And so that all helps with uh, uh, making a bit of cash as well, yeah. Yeah, and and in the meantime, you're playing, you're, you're taking part in tournaments? Yeah, I'm playing uh, poker. I used to play live a lot, like in my local
1: casinos, um, but to really get on nowadays, I would advise people to sort of play online um, if we want to take it seriously, because you can play so many more games at the same time. Whereas if you're playing live, you can only play one game of poker. But when you're playing online, you can play 10, 15 games at a time. Some people play 25 games.
0: You know, these uh, online wizards sit and play 25 games and, you know, make thousands of dollars a day. There, um, therein lies the danger as well, though, isn't it? Because, you know, if you're playing for, say, say you've got a $10 uh, here in New Zealand in dollars, and in terms of dollars, you've got a $10 in. Then you uh-huh. multiply that by fifteen. Suddenly you've got 150 bucks that you've got up that you can lose, and and if you're suddenly out of all those games, you go, oh, okay, well I'll get into some more. Yeah, yeah. It's it's all about
1: controlling yourself. And in, in many of those interviews that I have on my site, I speak with these guys that are you know professionals in every sense, and they they preach money management, you know, which basically says you find out your bankroll, which is the amount that you're willing to lose and, and risk with poker. So say it was a thousand dollars or five hundred dollars, whatever the amount, it could be anything. Never risk more than sort of five percent of your bankroll, you know, on any one game. And that that's sorta of to help you maintain with the luck element and and obviously all your money's not riding because anything can happen in one game of poker. So anyone that bets, you know, a hundred percent any of on, you know, at any point is Sort of, it's a recipe for disaster to lose your money yeah and um, so again it helps people with with managing their money and stuff when they take it seriously um and you know if they just do a little bit of research and you know, stuff like that mm. and then it's interesting the caller had you had on before you know that, that was talking about poker um and gambling and how it can play such a, a destructive role and i i would think the same and before i was involved heavily in the poker scene um gambling can you know start to to have an effect on people and stuff. But, with, like anything, it's just a little bit of education with people and financial education and uh, stuff like that. And people can sort of make their own decisions. And if they're rational, then it
0: can be a positive, you know, in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and are you still you still playing shares and stocks? Um, I still trade, now and again, it's more sort of spread
1: betting um, on commodities, you know, things like uh, gold price or, you know, oil and things like that. But, to me, it's it sort of all relates. It's all about just making good decisions and um, for a sort of return on investment and stuff like that, yeah. and just now, trying to make enough to stay away from a, a nine to five until, <laughs> you know. <anytime> <laughs> set.
0: <laughs> now, we've got to get going, Barry. Uh, but, uh, but just before we do, when we spoke off air before we uh, we came on on air, uh, you mentioned about Eckhart Tolle as well, which we, we've been talking quite a bit about Eckhart Tolle with a yeah. couple of people, other callers this morning so just tie that up for us yeah it was quite interesting you know I believe and you know I'm not sure what I believe but you know
1: circumstances karma whatever you want to call it and um it was interesting while I was waiting to come on the show you know I had someone speaking about Eckhart Tolle and I remember someone passed on one it was actually an audio tape of the power of now to myself and I listened to that you know sort of quite dismissively but my friends like no you should listen to it put it on and I listened to it, and it was absolutely amazing. Um, I've always been interested in that sort of mindfulness and Zen, you know, sort of stuff. Mm. And um, yeah, I would recommend um, anyone either reads *The Power of Now* by Eckhart Tolle, or um, gets the audio book on their, you know, their iPhones or whatever, and listens to it. Yeah. Um, it's quite, especially just now in this current climate with, uh, you know, global credit crunch and recessions and stuff. It's it's important for people to sort of not be it's easy for people to be overwhelmed. Um whereas if they just maybe do you know, as you say, take a few minutes, think through things clearly, see things, you know, for what they are rather than thinking in your head a bit a lot worse. And um just sort of maybe like find your passion and try and maybe make something out of it. You know,
0: do your own little one dot com, whatever your field is. It doesn't need to be poker. You know Excellent. Excellent Barry. A real pleasure to talk to you mate and I'm gonna keep in touch. Wow. That was <laughs> I found that very fascinating. As I, I mentioned, I met Barry uh, back in about two thousand and three, um, and and he was in he was still in the phase that he was talking about there, where he was he was making he was at university, he was making money wheeling and dealing collectible toys, and he was spending the money as quickly as he, as he was making it. So that uh, was fascinating to see where he is coming. His website is a It's a very interesting website. I I really would recommend one. It's the word one, um, O-N-E, oneouter, O-U-T-E-R, .com, oneouter.com. And go into the About. You'll obviously, when you type that in, you go to the Home page. But go to the About tab and click on the – it says there's a little uh, graphic up the top of the page – and it says, uh, click on Ginga Unger's head if you want to read my personal bio. He's He's got a fantastic sense of humor. He's, he's a Scotsman, and he, like you said, I'll do this by using my wit, charm, and charisma in that order. And by relying on so many friends of friends of friends that I may not have any friends left in the end. Just, really, it's a very good read. It's a great read, let alone what it's about, and so it's fascinating to have that chat with him. You with Bruce Hopkins, love to have your calls. We'll be uh, taking ad break straight up to the news, and then after the news, we've got an open board here, so give us a yell, you'll go straight on after the news. 0800 Radio Live, 0800